bless you. Amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have Brother and Sister Mahoney with us tonight. Amen. From Maryland. Amen. I really, truly love and appreciate these people so dearly. We've known each other for quite a while from our military days and working together in Asia and our Asia military ministries. They were one of our pastors. Amen. Was missionaries and part of the Asian military district. And so now they're in America and so it's so good to have them here with us. So we want him to come tonight. He's going to teach us tonight. So, sir, come and take your liberty in the Lord. God bless the Mahoney. Let's give Lord a hand clap of praise Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we greet you in the only saving name given under heaven amongst men, whereby you must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. I want to remind the church tonight that hell is still hot. Heaven is still real. Holiness is still right. Sin is still wrong. Acts 2.30 is still God's plan of salvation. And there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. Power to wash away your sins. Amen. Power. Hallelujah. Heal bodies. Power to change lives. Amen. I don't know what you're in need of, but I will tell you the answer is in Jesus Christ. And we want to thank Brother Parker for this invitation. As a matter of fact, uh, the park, we're staying with the Parkers. And you are blessed with a tremendous pastor and pastor's wife. Paul told Timothy, he said, be thou an example of the believers. And you have that in your pastor and your pastor's wife. They are example of the believers in their love and in their kindness and in their, their charity. And they have treated us wonderfully, not only on this trip, but spanning, I guess, maybe 20 years back to Korea uh, on um, our on our trips there, and uh, he has over the years provided me with counsel, with guidance, love, understanding, nurturing, and uh, he has been a blessing to the Mahoney family, myself and Sister Mahoney, and and to our our daughter, our daughter Sarah. So we we highly esteem Pastor and Sister Parker, and you are blessed tonight. And we're going to ask that that you may, might be seated tonight. We're going to have an introduction before we go on to our scriptures. But this is Bible study. Did you all bring a Bible? You know, in the military, you have a weapon. And in this war, we got a weapon too. And it's called the Bible. Now, in the military, if you don't carry your weapon or you leave it unaccounted for, you get a punishment. Well, in in this life, if you don't take heed to your Bible, then you get beat up by the devil. But we're going to be teaching on tonight an appointment that will happen in your future. See, this appointment is in your future, and it's in my future. 
Every man, woman, boy, or girl that has walked across this stage of life, this appointment is in their future. You might be a visitor. You may be a saint of God. You, you might not even come to church here, but this appointment has been divinely orchestrated. You might not even believe the Word of God, but this appointment's in your future. You might totally disregard the teaching I have tonight, but this appointment's in your future. You might say, Brother Mahoney, well, you know, I go out to the gym and I, I work out. I got 18-inch arms and a 28-inch waist, and I do cardio for five hours but you got this appointment in your future. Well, I, I eat organic and I take a lot of supplements. Well, I got news for you. You still have this appointment in your future. You can shoot Botox into your face and freeze your face. You can't freeze this appointment. Uh, amen. This appointment is not affected by weather. It's not affected by a snow day. It's not affected by a rain day. Your little baby might be sick and you say, well, I can't get to this appointment. No, you'll be at that appointment. My car is broken down. It's in the shop. I You'll be at that appointment. There are no RSVP regrets. And God has ordained this appointment for every one of us. And you will be there. And I'm going to ask that you would open up your heart and you'd open up your Bible. And we're going to ask that you would stand in honor to reading of God's Word. And we're going to go to our first scripture there to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. And the Word of God says that wherefore we labor that we, whether present or absent, we may, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is an epistle. This is written to the church at Corinth where the Apostle Paul in Acts, the 18th chapter, spent 18 months at Corinth preaching to the saints and they experienced the new birth. So this right here, the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to see is a judgment of the believers. And we're going to break that down here a little bit. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that, whether they've done, whether it be good or bad. Next, next verse. Well, that is that. And we're going to now to Revelation, the 20th chapter, commencing at verse 11. Revelation 20 and 11 says, and this is John said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great and stand before God. And the books were open and another book was open, which was the book of life. And they were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And the dead and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And our last scripture, Ecclesi I'm sorry, and whomsoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Ecclesiastes 12 and 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And if we would bring up that cover slide, please, Sister Parker. We're going to be teaching on this subject tonight. The appoint, an appointment in your future, the judgment. 
You may be seated. Each deed, and Brother Parker, if you'd get a Proverbs 15 and 3, each deed performed during the lifetime of every human being is noted by God. It tells us in Proverbs 15 and 3 this reality. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. See, your pastor may not see it. Your wife may not see it. You, you might think that, you know, I'm out of town and nobody will see it. See, there's an old saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But I have news for you that that's a lie because the Word of God tells us that He sees everything. Right. 1973, Charlie Rich had this old country western song, and it was called Behind Closed Doors. And you all are smiling because you know, and it says, and no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. That's a lie from the devil. God knows because in Jeremiah 23 and 24, Pastor Parker tells us what? Can any hide himself in secret places? God's asking this question. Can you hide in a secret place? Can you hide in Las Vegas? Can you hide maybe if you go down there to uh, Chicago or down there to Indianapolis? No, this is what he says. That I shall not see him, no. saith the Lord. Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? God sees it all. It was God that saw in Caesarea. He saw a man by the name of Cornelius whose prayers and alms came up before God. And God sent down an angel and gave him instructions to go and get a preacher. It was God that saw in the days of Noah the wickedness of men and that their imagination was on every evil thought. And God judged that generation with the flood. It was God that saw the people were building a tower to reach unto heaven, and God judged them by scattering them and confusing their languages. It was God who saw the great sin in Sodom and Gomorrah where not ten righteous men could be found. And God sent fire and brimstone on this city. Consider this, that God hates the sin of Sodom. It is an abomination to him. And that he hates it so much that God did not send Sodom and Gomorrah to hell, but God sent hell to Sodom and Gomorrah. We serve a God that is a God of judgment. I remember a preacher I used to hear on the radio, he used to say this. He said, I have no doubt it's going to be exactly the way that God said it. And I have no doubt tonight that it's going to be exactly the way that God said it and that there is a judgment that is looming out the horizon for every one of us. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of preparation because we all need to be prepared because just like this winter, you're going to have some snow. You know that. So you're getting your snow shovel out. You're getting your rocks all out. You're getting your brooms ready. Amen. We need to get our souls ready because every one of us, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ right. and he's going to look into your eyes and you will be naked and you will be there without any defense. And he's going to judge us. He's right. going to judge Brother Mahoney. He's going to judge right. Pastor Parker. He's going to judge every one of us. So if I point there, I got four fingers pointing back at Brother Mahoney. Right. There is nothing 
that we do that escapes the attention of God and a permanent record is being made of each deed. If we could go to Matthew 12 and 36, not only the deeds that we are doing, but in Matthew 12 and 36, it tells us that every Every idle word that men speak will give you're going to give an account. Idle means useless, purposeless. It means nothing. You're going to give an account for that. You're going to give an account. We're all going to give an account. This is a frightening concept for some people and but the decision is ours. We can deal with this issue now or it will follow us into judgment. 1 Timothy 5 and 24 tells us this, this truth as the apostle wrote to Timothy. He tells us, Brother Parker, please. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men, they follow after. That's right. The beforehand they go into the judgment. As a matter of fact, that's why we have water baptism, because the sins go into the waters of baptism in Jesus' name, and they're remitted. That sin issue is done away with. But some men, as the Bible says, their sins follow after them. There are some people tonight, they don't, they, they, they don't have their victory tonight, because why? They got sins following. They got a burden of sin that's down on them. Amen. And, and if you have a situation like that, the best thing you can do is find an altar and get on your knees and get something straight with God. Amen. Whether it be in church or whether it be at your house, get some things under the blood. Get them things up there uh, before God and say, God, I don't want this thing to follow me into the judgment. I want it to go before me and receive forgiveness. We can choose to deal with this sin issue in our life, or we can attempt to hide it. But the Word of God tells us that Proverbs 28 and 13, that it just forestalls a day of reckoning. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You're trying to cover things up. It's not going to prosper. You need to confess it, and you need to forsake it. Forsaken means get rid of it. Don't just confess it with your mouth, but you got to forsake something. There's maybe some things you need to get rid of in the trash can. Maybe there's some things on your computer you need to delete from your favorites. Maybe there's some phone numbers there on your cell phone you need to get rid of. Why? Because it's not good for you, and it's a sin, and it will pull you down. Right. Mm-hmm. But judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And men want to put off unpleasant situations in their life. I want to see a show of hands of how many people like to go to the dentist. All right, you're, you're an anomaly, brother. No one, like, I don't wake up in the morning saying, oh, I can hardly wait to go to the dentist. No, you go there and you, your face it is, you leave there, it's swollen up because of Novocaine. They clean around there and you're spitting out blood from your, your gums. And, and it's, there's just a lot of pain involved. But we like to put off going to the dentist. Oh, yes, you do. It starts off as a little pain. You said, you know, it's going to be okay. And a couple of weeks later, no, it's, it's worse, but you're, you're, you're doing, you're trying to do everything so you don't have to go to the dentist. And you just put it off, and you put it off, and then, you, and then, and then on a weekend, 
you have a dental emergency and you've got to go to the dentist because you put off that unpleasant thing. And, and that is many people try to do with the judgment. Judgment's unpleasant. We don't want to deal with it. But the book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 22 and 3, it talks about somebody that looks ahead. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Prudent. Somebody that has wisdom, somebody that has judgment, it's going to cause them to know it's coming. I got to do something just like the stove's coming. You got to be prepared. There's judgment coming for every one of us. We need to be prepared. And one of God's greatest uh, laws is called the law of the harvest. Galatians tells us in Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap it. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint. So um, there is the law of the harvest. And that law understands that if you plant Watermelons, seeds, watermelons are coming up. If you plant apple seeds, apples are going to come up. But not only that aspect, but there's another aspect is that the law is that is reap more than that you sow. Consider this. A little apple seed that's only that big, you plant it. A tree comes up, and from that seed there are 400 pounds of apples produced. One kernel of corn planted brings up a stalk. On a stalk, stalk, you have two to four heads. Each head has about 800 kernels. So from that one seed, you can reap possibly 3,000 kernels of corn from that. It's, 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 it's a law. And what happens is that when we plant evil in our life, we're going to sow a life of and have a malignant harvest of this in our life. And we must have something to deal with it. And this is very serious because Jesus taught about it in his word. He used some very strong words at, at Mark, the ninth chapter, verse 43 through 48. Please. And if, they, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell and to the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell and to the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes, and be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That's strong language, but Jesus talks about three parts of the anatomy that cause all of us the potential to sin and cause us to be sent to hell. 
your hand, your feet, and your eyes. And for a saint of God, our hand, our feet, our eyes need to be sanctified. These are holy hands. Amen. These are holy feet. These are holy eyes. Amen. They are reserved for the work of God and the things of God. They're not reserved for the world. Amen. Or doing the things of the world. And Jesus said, if your hand offendeth thee, cut it off. It's our hands that commit sin. It was Eve that took that fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and she ate of it. And it ended with us being separated from God. We're exhorted at Psalm 24, 3 through 4. It tells us, Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? So who's going to be in the presence of God? He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Clean hands. Our hands need to be clean. Amen. Our hands don't need to be involved with scratch-off tickets when we should be giving money to the house of God and the work of God. Amen. Amen. Our hands need to be involved in, in the things of the work of God. Amen. Bringing the kingdom of God out to this community. Your hands don't need to be involved with sexting and sending lurid texts. Your hands don't need to be on some keyboard going to some site. Amen. Your hands don't need to be carrying a gun to shoot somebody or to stab somebody. Amen. We are told, keep our hands clean. Hallelujah. Proverbs 6 and 17 says this. It's an abomination to God. Hands that shed innocent blood. Amen. There's 54 million abortions that have happened since the Roe Wade verdict by the Supreme Court in 1963. If you've ever been to Los Angeles, that's got a population of about 7 million. So if you do that about seven seven times the city of Los Angeles, those are all those little babies. So imagine the blood on the hands of those abortion doctors. We're told in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, we're instructed in the Word of God, tells us, Brother Parker. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, and I don't want blood on my hands. Amen. I don't want my hands to be involved in the things of this world. I don't want my hands to be involved with violence. But if I want my hands are sanctified under God, I want them to be involved in the work of God. I want to be opening up that Bible and teaching somebody a home Bible study. Right. I want to be opening up uh, knocking on doors and asking people to come to the house of God. I want to be handing out tracts. Uh, amen. Reaching people. I want to have clean hands before God. I want to ask you, are your hands holy? Are your hands being used to the work of God? Amen. Or feet? He said, if your foot offendeth thee, cut it off. Proverbs 1 and 16 tells us about For their feet. feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Oh, yeah, their feet run. Where, where are our feet running to tonight? Are they running down to the casinos? Are they running down to the bars? Are they running down to the honky-tonks? Are they walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Are you standing in the way of the sinner with your feet? Hey, no, God don't want that. God want your feet to behold. 
holy. He wants your feet to be sanctified. He wants your feet to take you to the house of God. He wants your feet to take you to a prayer meeting. He wants your feet to take you to midweek Bible study. He wants your feet, hallelujah, to go out there on visitation. Amen. And reach some a sick saint that's out there and visit them and pray with them and encourage them. God, give us holy feet to be used in the work of God. God, give us holy hands to be used in the work of God. Your feet don't they, don't, they don't, they don't need to be in some casino throwing your money in a slot machine. They don't need to be in some honky tonk or some happy hour or some, some liquor store. Right. And he said, if y'all offended thee, whoo, he said, pluck it out. Amen. Take that thing, that old eyeball and that finger, pop it behind there, pop that eyeball right out. That's how graphic. And how strong a description Jesus talks about this. Because in Lamentations 3 and 51, it tells us this very important truth and principle about, about the eye that we find out. In Lamentations 3 Mine and eye affected mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. We're going to break this down. This is Lamentations written by Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah was lamenting or being sad about the city of Jerusalem that was destroyed by the Babylonians right. when they invaded it. Now, the, the daughters of the city that he's talking about are not daughters as a physical uh, female, but he was talking about the surrounding towns of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And it said, my eye affecteth my heart because he saw all this destruction. Right. He saw all this rubble. He right. saw all this ruin and it affected his heart. That's why we sing in the little kids Sunday school class. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because our eyes are connected to our heart. And our feet will eventually take us where our heart has been a long time. So we've got to guard our heart by guarding our eyes. I read an article about a jewelry store. It was in the jewelry store magazine. And it said that your window display will be the number one determination of the people that come into your store. They're going to see it with their eye. It's going to affect their heart. Then they're going to turn the corner and they're going to walk into the jewelry store because your eye affects your heart. Often it starts with with just a glance. Mm -hmm. And ask David about it when he was on, when he opened up his windows and he saw Bathsheba there bathing. It started out with a glance, but it ended in divorce, sin, and death. And the psalmist wrote this, David wrote this at Psalm 101, verse 3. He told us this. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. We need to guard our eyes. Now, and I was in the military. We had goggles that we wore that protected us or protected our eyes, whether it be from sand or, or whether it be from tree limbs or shrapnel and stuff. But we as saints of God, 
We need to have some Holy Ghost protection upon our eyes. My eyes are sanctified. My eyes aren't going to go every place. I'm not going to be looking at that one over there. I'm not going to be going down the pool and checking them out. I'm not going to be going on, on these websites. Because look at how the eyes affected these people's lives. Sister Parker, if we could bring up that first slide, the power of the eye. And we already read about Lamentations, how my eye affected my heart. Now, look at here. We start in the, the, uh, on the uh, left column there, and it's a who, and then what they saw, and then result. It was Eve that saw what? The fruit. The result, sin and death to all of mankind. Remember, it started with a glance. Mm-hmm. It was Lot that saw the well-watered plains of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he brought his whole city, his whole family down to city. And because of the ungodly influences in there, when they attempted to escape, the wife was turned into a pillar of salt. The daughters committed incest in, with the father and the birth of the nations of Ammonite and the Moabite nations. It was Achan when they marched around Jericho and Joshua said, don't you touch nothing in that city. It was Achan, the Bible said, that saw the Babylonian garment and the silver and the gold. And that whole, that sin of his affected his whole family because the whole entire family was killed. They were stoned and they was burned out there. And we already talked about David who saw Bathsheba, which resulted in adultery and murder. David's whole family was affected. Look at this. The baby as a result of that union died because David lost the moral high ground in his family. He had a daughter by the name of Tamar. Mm -hmm. Tamar was raped by her brother Amnon. And David did nothing about it. How could David do something about it? Because he was an adulterer himself. He took someone else's uh, 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 wife from them. And so Tamar led that life of shame. But Tamar's brother Absalom Absalom said, if my daddy's not going to do it, I'm going to do something. And then Absalom killed Amnon about a year later. And then Am, Absalom revolted against David, and then Absalom got killed. Right. See, sin affects your entire family. Right. It just doesn't affect right. you, but it affects your whole family, yeah. and it starts with the eye. Job said this at Job 31 and 1. He I said this. covenant with my eyes. Why then shall I think upon a maid? Another, the Good News translation said this. I made a promise. Never to look with lust at a woman. Mm-hmm. I've made a promise. Right. And I believe here in the house of God, the saints of God, we need to make some promises that there's some things my eyes aren't going to look at. Right. There's some places my feet aren't go. There's some things my hands aren't going to do. Why? Because they're sanctified unto God. I'm holy unto God. Amen. When I got the Holy Ghost, amen, God separated me from this world unto a work that he has for me. And as I, as I shared earlier, that the, the judgment is coming for everyone, that every person is going to be judged. Hebrews 9 and 27 says this, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. Sister Parker, if we could please bring up the, uh, the judgment slide uh, that every person will be judged. That next slide, please. 
And we're going to ask if Brother Parker, if you could go to John 5, 28 through 29, which, which tells us about this judgment. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. So there's an appointment. Just like I always said, appointments in our future, there's an hour coming. Yes, sir. That are in the grave shall hear his voice. Yes. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. There's two resurrections, a resurrection of life and a resurrection of damnation. We're going to break that down now. And we, we already read in Second Corinthians 5 and 10 that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we see here in the two columns, we see the, the judgment of saints. And on the other side, we see the judgment of sinners, the judgment of, of saints. We, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians four sixteen through 17, please. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So there are two aspects dealing with saints in the resurrection of life. There is a resurrection of life. As it said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So they're coming out. There's a resurrection of life. And then we that are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up. And as it says right there that this is a resurrection of life, it's in co conjunction with the cap capturing away or the rapture of the church and the place will be at the judgment seat of christ as it says up there believers are judged not on their salvation so this is not a judgment that oh i've made it into heaven no you have lived a you've been born again of the water and the spirit and you have now been raptured or you've been part of the first resurrection you're in heaven and now you're going to be judged by the works that you have done since you've received salvation. See, the Holy Ghost and the new birth is just a gateway. It is not the end state. It is a gateway. It is an entrance between the end state, which is the resurrection of life and the rapture, there's things that Jesus wants you to do with that Holy Ghost that you've got. And it's not just enough to keep the Holy Ghost because in the parable of the, of the talents, remember that man that, that said, Lord, and I think I know it's in Matthew 25th chapter, Lord, I know you as a hard man, so I buried that talent. Now, there they're talking about specifically about money, but I also believe that, that you could equate that to the the talents and the things that God has given you. And it's just not enough to keep it. Right. You got to use it. Mm -hmm. You got to do something with this Holy Ghost. Right. What, and, and it might be 
Pastor Parker, you don't need to worry. That lawn down there at the church is going to be is going to be mowed every every week. I'm going to I got it taken care of. You don't got to worry about that, Pastor. Amen. The 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 the, the pews and the vacuuming and the trash and cleaning out the toilets and 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 Pastor Parker, if it snows, don't worry. I'm going to be down there. Amen. Uh, uh, you remember your hands and your feet are sanctified unto God. God wants you to do something with this Holy Ghost you've got. He's given you a mind. He's given you wisdom. He's given you talents, knowledge, skills, and ability to do them for the work of God. Brother Parker did not get all this training in the church. He got a lot of training in the military, and he takes it and he uses it. And God has given you things in your life for, that you think is just for a secular job. But it's for the kingdom of God. It's for the work of God. It's for the furtherance of God's kingdom. Amen. It's not Brother Parker's church. It's Jesus Christ's church. Amen. He don't own it. We're just holding it down here and doing the work, reaching. Amen. This city for Jesus Christ. So we, we got to do something with it. It's just not enough to hold in that napkin. And I said, I held on to it, God. You wicked and slothful servant. So we're going to, we're going to be judged on our on the works that we do after salvation. It's just like the Olympics. They compete, they get those medals, and there's going to be rewards that are going to be given out for service. I will tell you that in the kingdom of God, that things that we think are so important down here will be meaningless up there. See, in the military, when we were on the move, we told them, don't put your tent stakes down too deep because it's going to hold you back. When you're ready to move, you just need to pull that thing out and move out. And some of us are building kingdoms down here. Everything you own, somebody else is going to have. That special gun, that that knife, uh, those fishing poles, that pickup truck, that house. Hey, I got news for you. Hey, we're only passing through. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere behind the blue. Uh, what do you have up there? You might have IRA, CDs, stocks, uh, amen, lots of property and lots of land. But what do you have up there when you get up there? Are you going to stand there and say, uh, I just held on to this thing, Jesus, amen, because I wasn't a good talker or I didn't have those skills in the building. God's going to say, you're a slothful servant. Right. You're going to say that to this preacher too. Right. Remember, one out, four back. And then those rewards are going to be celebrated by the followed by the marriage supper of the Lamb, and so that's the great part. Hallelujah, we made it. Amen. We're 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 in eternity now. Hey, hallelujah. You got a glorified body. Amen. There's no more tears. Amen. No more sorrow. Your your body will be able to keep up with what you want to do and worship in the Lord in the city where the Lamb is the light. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. Heaven's going to be good. Don't miss it holding on to something down here. Amen. Young people, don't miss it. Listen to your friends saying, you're over in that church. You're going to miss all kind of good stuff. Yeah, you're going to miss some stuff. You're going to miss not having abortion. You're going to miss not being a drug addict. You're going to miss not, amen, committing suicide. 
That's what you're going to miss. The devil lies to you. I am first generation Pentecost. I spent 30 years out there in the world. I know what the devil does. Your pastor knows. He came in, amen, and living a life, and I'm sure he had some regrets before, but after he came in, amen, we ain't got no regrets. Hallelujah. I'm happy to be in the house of God. Amen. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. This is the best life you'll ever have. And your friends will lie to you. Right. Yes, Lord. To show you the pictures of all the beautiful people. Drinking that Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, wild turkey. And the men look so nice and the ladies look so good. But they don't show you people dying from cirrhosis of the liver. They don't show you 10, 15 years later, somebody that is a drug addict and they're living on the streets in Los Angeles. They're eating their breakfast out of a dumpster when 10 years before they had a home, they had a family. But that little white powder that somebody said, just try it. Just try it once. And you're hooked. So the saints of God, praise God. That's what we're striving for. But the other is the sinners. And Sister Parker, if we could start in Revelation, the 20th chapter, commencing it at verse 11, please. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Right there. Please stop. The dead, small. That insignificant person that's out there. That person maybe at the Quick quick Mart gas station. That pimp. That prostitute. That drug dealer. That high school teacher. That guy that works down at the gym. That guy that stocks the shelves. They're... They're the small, and I saw the great. I saw the politicians. I saw the caliphates. I saw the mayors. I saw the governors. I saw everybody that scoffed and mocked at at the name of Jesus Christ. I saw the, the, the great, dead and small. Please go ahead, sir. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which was written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. So death and hell, this is that resurrection of damnation. People to <clears throat> are in, just like when someone is arrested... Before they go to prison, there may be an account at jail. It's a holding place. And that's what death and hell are. It's a holding place until that resurrection of damnation. Read Luke, the 16th chapter, Lazarus and the rich man, about a place of, of torment. And when that resurrection of damnation come, this is where the ungodly, the sinners, will go in to be judged. Please go ahead, sir. And death in hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Right. So if we'll go back to that slide, Sister Parker, this is the resurrection of damnation. The place is the white throne judgment. There is a separation of a thousand years between resurrection and this occurs at the end of the millennial reign. Wicked and ungodly, dead, are judged. And just as your pastor read, <clears throat> that they are cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. See, as I shared earlier, that this Bible study is not a Bible study of condemnation, but this is a Bible study of preparation. Mm -hmm. When I was a pastor in Korea, there was a woman that said to me, Brother Mahoney, I just want to meet Jesus. And I told her, I said, Sister, you will meet Jesus. The question is, is that will you meet his face in peace or will he say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity? I know you're not. And we're told in Acts, the 17th chapter, verse 31, Brother Parker. Because he have appointed a day and the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Again, appointed a day. Appointments in our future. Appointment in my future. Appointment in your future. And we all need to be prepared because to, right tonight, in the nation of Korea, we have 28,000 U.S. service members. They're ready to fight tonight. At a place called Fort Bragg, North Carolina, there is what is called a brigade that is ready to go any place by air within 18 hours. They have their rifles packed. They have their rucksacks packed. They are ready to go any place and they within 18 hours. During the Revolutionary War, we had people that were called Minutemen. And that meant that at a minute's notice, they would be ready to go out there and fight. But as saints of God, we have a higher state of readiness. Because the Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 52. In a this, moment. And the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Twinkling of an eye, that is eleven one hundredth of a second. You've got to be prepared now. There's no 18 hours. There's no minute. There's no Pastor Parker. I, I need another Bible study. Amen. Uh, Pastor Parker, let, pray with me again. Pa let, let, let's have another revival. Amen. Maybe then I'll, I'll come to the altar. Maybe, maybe then I'll get some things right with God. No, the, the time to get things right, my brothers and sisters, is now. The time to get things right and to be prepared is now. Because there, uh, one one eleventh of, 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 a, of a second... Uh, that happens like that. It's over. Thank you, sir. It's over for every one of us. And as it said there in Acts 17 and 31, every one of us is going to meet Jesus. We've prayed about Him. We've studied about Him. We've sang about Him. We've worshipped Him. We've said we love Him. 
But you're going to meet them and I'm going to meet them. You're either going to meet them in forgiveness or you're going to meet them in fury. You're going to meet them as a Savior or you're going to meet them as your judge. You're going to meet them as a friend or you're going to meet them as a foe. You're going to meet them as a lamb or you're going to meet them as a lion. You're going to meet them as a saint or you're going to be made them as a sinner. But you will meet Jesus Christ. And every one of us needs to get ready because it is appointed on a man once to die. After that, the judgment. And Sister Parker, if we could bring up that next slide, please. Get ready. He is coming. Our last slide, please. How many times have you heard that? We're not here to judge and we're not here to condemn. This is a message of love. Jesus loved us so much that He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Gave you a pastor that would bring to you the Word of God. And I'm going to ask the church to stand as, as, we, as we prepare to turn this service over there to Brother Park. I'm going to ask you, if you just take some time tonight... Amen. On your way to eternity. Because we're all eternity-bound souls. See, 500,000 years from now, you're going to be spending some place in eternity. And it's either going to be a place uh, where the presence of God or it's going to be a place eternally is separated from God. And we're going to ask tonight, God... If you would speak to every heart in this service tonight, God. Hallelujah. We pray, God, that this word, God, would go forth in power and might tonight, God. That you speak to hearts tonight in this service. Lord, God, shake people with an urgency. Amen. i got to be ready. Just like I'm going to get ready for the winter in the cross. Amen. There's an eternity that's looming out there for me. I want to be ready. i got to be ready. Amen. Maybe you got to go home and clean some things out of that house uh, that you know are not pleasing to God. Uh, maybe there's some things you got to confess and forsake. Uh, maybe there's some things that you got to make right with a brother and a sister. Maybe there's some things that you've been holding back on God for and you say to your pastor, Amen, I want my hands to be used for the work of God. I want my feet to be used for the work of God. I want my body to be used for the work of God. I want the Lord to be used in this end time, God. Amen. I don't want to stand before you, God. Amen. Without without anything, God. But I want my remaining time down here on earth, God. I want to make a difference in lives. I want to touch people's hearts. I want to touch their lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because it's a coming, my brothers and sisters, tonight. Every one of us is going to stand before God. You'll be there with people like the Apostle Paul that wrote half the Bible. You'll be there with people like Peter. You'll be there with saints that have been beheaded. Amen. For the cause of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I know this is just a regular way.